some of those people who had become somewhat senile, uh, some things were coming out of their mouth that they wouldn't have said if they would have been able to And uh, which result of the kind of things they thought of when they were young, those, those thinking patterns. So, and we just need to face the fact that as we age, and not just as we become senile as it were, but just aging, our thoughts and attitude of our younger years do tend to come out, and sometimes in a more exaggerated form. So if I'm kind of grumpy now, I'm likely to be even more grumpy when I get older. And hopefully the other way around as well. So, but uh, lest that be too negative, I'd say this too, that I believe by the grace of God, no matter where we are, it is still possible to change. You know, the saying is you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but we're not, we're not dogs. And we, we, we're people, and we experience the grace of God in our lives. But I think we have to admit that the older we get, probably the harder it is to change. But not impossible. There's not a lot of scripture that uh, tells us how to prepare for aging, but one that immediately comes to my mind is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, which says, Remember not thy creator in the days of thy youth. Days come not, nor the years draw nigh, and thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And it, then he goes on to describe what being old is like, and why we need to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. And uh, we have a list there that talks about the, uh, you know, being afraid of that which is high, and the grasshoppers of earth. You know, it's like uh, small things become mountains. The grinders cease because there are few. And the, uh, the sound of the grinding is low, which means hard of hearing. And some of refers to the eyes, but yes, things do change. And he's saying, remember your greater days of your youth. Before those, he calls them evil days. They don't have evil days, but yeah, the difficult days come. And if we don't, haven't known our creator in the days of our youth, then there's a sense in which they are evil days. And uh, he ends with, then shall the dust return to the earth, and the spirit shall return to God and be it. So that's reality that's certain, unless Christ returns in the meantime. If we haven't remembered our creator in the days of our youth, uh, it will be forever too late. And we pass on and return to dust. So we want to be mindful, we want to think upon the fact that your creator, the one who made you, is also the one who loves you. surrounding culture that has rubbed off on us 
is to view youth as sort of a limbo between childhood and adulthood, where there's not much expected, perhaps, and not much responsibility expected. You know, we can just sort of chill and have a good time. That's a huge mistake. That's not remembering the creator of the days of our youth. You know, we say some of our Anabaptist counterparts seem to sort of have the mentality of, you know, so you're, so you're wild to lose and so down. Well, we wouldn't subscribe to that. Sometimes I wonder if we're intent on him. Enough on slaying good news. That will bring up a very, that will bring a harvest of righteousness. So, I think this is the time while your mind is sharp and less cluttered. It's a time to study, think, memorize scripture, read some good books. Young man in our community um, said he went on a media fast lately. And he said it's kind of hard because I was afraid I was going to be missing something. I'm not to be on the media, but he said I sat down and read a good book. It's good. And you know, do we read good books anymore? Are we too tied up with what is uh, what's available otherwise? But I think it's good. Read and study scripture, memorize scripture, and read some good books. I'm sure there's good things on media, but there's a lot of fluff there as well. I remember uh, a number of years ago, several years ago, I was flying, and it was early evening, but it was, it was dark, but it wasn't, uh, most people were still awake. And I had my reading light on, and I looked down in the row. The seats in front of me, I was near the back of the plane, I didn't see any of the other reading lights. I picked them up and saw on the other side. And I looked around and read, no, wait, it's not that these people are sleeping, they are reading or watching, but they don't need the light like I do because the light is on their devices. And it sort of illustrated that, that this society in general is, is not reading books as much as they were at one time, books and magazines. And uh, I'm encourage us, there's so much good reading available. Maybe it helps develop us, especially with the biographies and stories of what God is doing in this world. So now is the time to develop the gifts and the skills that God has given you. Um, singing, song leading, public speaking, work skills, study skills, domestic skills, serving others, which you're learning a lot about that here, caring about others versus being self-centered. Don't fritter away your time. But rather, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And another thing we need to remember, if life is all about having a good time, we're going to be trouble when we get older, and we can't have the same good times because of physical and mental limitations. So if we if we want to live with a sense of purpose when we go, we certainly need to start now. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 71. I find this a very uh, poignant and inspirational psalm about aging. In fact, my heading says it is David prays both for himself and against the enemies of his soul and also for support. concept of aging coming out several places throughout the song. But we see we see in David here a deep trust and a, uh, a dependence on God and a spirit of gratefulness comes out even into his old age. Reading verses 1 to 7 to start here. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. 
Incline thine ear unto me, and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continue to resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. Notice here David's expression of how God uh, delivers him, and also how dependent he is on God. I think it's important that we learn that young, how much we really do depend on God for life and breath, for all the good things we have, the good things we enjoy. We, we, we owe it to God to thank Him, to be grateful. We really depend on Him so much. Verse 6, By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee, I am as a wonder unto many, thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. It was the praise in his, in his heart. David was a man who praised God throughout his life. He's still praising him in his old age. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me. And they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. Saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute him and take him, for there is none to deliver him. You know, we don't have the same kind of enemies. David had literal enemies from the time he was uh, a young man and Saul was chasing after him. And I think later, even as a king, there was always that, uh, there was always that possibility. Well, Absalom later rose up against him. He also had enemies around him, the other nations, among the Philistines, and otherwise. David had a lot to, to cope with enemies, and we don't cope with enemies in the same way as David did. And yet, we do have enemies of the soul. We have spiritual enemies. He says, Sir, my enemies speak against me. It seems sometimes that the, uh, the spiritual powers are, are just conferring with each other how we can best launch an attack. And I'm sorry, but that doesn't go away when you turn 50, 60, or 70, or even 80, I'm supposing. Because there's different kinds of attacks, different kinds of temptations to come that the temptation to feel useless, or the temptation to discouragement because of uh, mental or physical difficulties, the temptation to fear, you know, what lies ahead. My wife and I are enjoying basically good health, had a few heart incidents, but and we get out and walk every morning, we frequently thank God for our good health. And then we have each other. But we know, inevitably, as time goes on, it's not always going to be that way. And so there is there's a temptation to, to fear, or worry about the future. Even um, could, could have some financial fears because that changes too with age. Um, so I think you know those are some of the enemies, and that tendency to be cynical, to be self-centered, and and you know, just thinking about ourselves and our own uh, issues, etc. So we do have lots of enemies. There's temptations yet in our old age, and we look to God. And So David did not despair or lose hope. He prayed. And we want to be able to readily do that. And if we want to be able to pray, to cry out to God and, and just have that sense of dependence on God and crying out to God when we're old, we need to learn when we're young. We need to learn young to pray and to come to God with our, our needs and whatever we may be facing. But we can say with David, as in, Psalm, as in verse 14, but I will hope continually 
and will yet praise thee more and more. And that can only come out of a grateful heart. Verse 15, My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. So what David is saying here is, you know, rather than a negative complaining spirit, you know, we want to show forth, even in old age, his righteousness and his salvation all day long, and going each day in his strength, even though sometimes we could get to the place where we feel we have little left of our own. I have lots left, I think, but I'm just amazed at how much more home it takes just to crawl out of the bed or just uh, doing chin-ups, which I used to do, and some of those kind of things just, you know, either very difficult or impossible, and it's, it's kind of sneaky. It really sneaks up on you. Suddenly you realize, you know what? I can't do what I used to do. But we, we look to God, we look for to His strength, even when we feel we have little left of our own. We want to keep declaring his wondrous works, declaring what I've been taught from you, because I've chosen to uh, follow him and learn from him, pass my lot with him. And just to just to be able to maintain a positive spirit, you know, there's so much negative in this dark world. It's so positive that we have been translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And be, be a part of that kingdom and to give our allegiance to our Lord Jesus. To run our lot with Him and have purpose in living rather than there's so many people in our world with pure angels no purpose. So that, that's all so positive. And I think we need to reflect that. Uh, we need to reflect that as we're young. We need to keep reflecting that as we get older. So thinking, well, no, going on yet to verse 18. Verse 18, he says, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I show thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. And so we see here a man who continues to live with his sense of purpose. And that's certainly a worthy goal and purpose, to be able to show his strength and power to the coming generations, to those who are coming after us. And that's a challenge. And I want to be that kind of person. I guess that's why I, I chose to accept the invitation to come back to CBS when he got rather desperate for another teacher in third term. Though I thought I'd aged out. But I'm there and I feel the Lord is blessing it and we're enjoying it. But I, I want to be able to do that to show his strength, to show his power, to show his life, to show the spirit of Jesus to those coming in. And I would, I would admit um, that I could still wish, wish for an even greater sense of purpose as I age. And I think sometimes that maybe that would come easier. Maybe I would have even a greater sense of purpose now if I would have cultivated that more when I was young. I think, you know, I, I think back to my youth and you know, I, was, I was a pretty good little guy. But, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I had a lot of intention as far as goals and, and purpose. I think, as I'm saying, I think I think I could live with an even greater sense of purpose. Well, I think the Lord is still building that in me, but maybe it'd be a little easier if I would have cultivated that more when I was young. 
So there is a there is a caution here. I think when God gives us opportunities to various ministries and we give with a sense of purpose, um, and He uses in various ways in the church or in missions, maybe serving on a board, maybe even doing well in business, in parenting. But it's important that we don't find our significance or our sense of worth in those things because there's a day coming up that we won't go through anymore. So if, if what we do becomes our primary source of joy or significance, that becomes a problem. And I face that, you know, after teaching many years at CBS and after 2017, I didn't really expect to come back. And I likely won't come back again unless some dire need arises. But, you know, it's time to leave that in the hands of younger and very capable men who can connect better with the, the next generation. And I love that work because I enjoy young people, I enjoy teaching, I enjoy the camaraderie with, with working with other teachers like, like Larry. And I miss that. But our greatest joy and fulfillment needs to be found in our relationship. Because we don't age out of that. I'd like to uh, just read the testimony of a man named uh, Joe Stoll. Joe Stoll was president of Moody Bible Institute for a number of years, and uh, I don't even know if he's living anymore. I first uh, heard this from someone else probably 20 years ago. And uh, he was 57 when he wrote it, so like I say, he's probably retired, maybe he's not even living anymore, Joe Soul. But I think he had a very insightful testimony here. Since I'm only 57 and, and I already find myself weary of the hollow thoughts of what few accomplishments I may have mustered in my life, my failures continue to embarrass me. The inadequacies I have carried since my youth still frustrate me. My insecurities still trouble my soul, and the praise of others has an increasingly hollow ring. I'm tired of worrying whether or not the sermon I preached was good enough, or whether or not someone will pat me on the back for a job well done. I'm tired of worrying about what people think about me. I'm worried the carnal feelings that sometimes haunts me when someone talks about his favorite preacher, and it's not me. Bottom line, I get flat out tired of me. But I never get tired of Jesus. After all these years, I find him more compelling, more engaging, more awesome, more surprising, more fulfilling, and more attractive than ever before. I never get tired of singing his praises or watching him perform. I find him to be gripping, absorbing, beyond comprehension. And that's why, along with Paul and my grandmother and countless others through the years, I find myself longing to know him better. I'm becoming increasingly aware that life doesn't go on forever. When you're young, when we're young, we think we're bulletproof. We live life will never die. But when your knees protest certain movements and your eyesight and memory begins to grow fuzzy, reality sets in. I can see the day coming when there'll be another president of Moody and a better one at that. And there'll be other creatures who bless on my heart. And me? I'll be sitting in the corner of some nursing home waiting for them to ring the lunch bell. And if life up to that point has been all about me, that's going to be a sad empty day. No matter what they're serving for lunch. Why? Because all I will have will be me, which at that point won't be much. But if my life has been about knowing Jesus 
and experiencing a deepening relationship with him. As I sit in the corner of the nursing home waiting for the lunch bell to ring, he'll be there with me. The mighty Son of God, the bright and morning star, the desire of all nations, the great shepherd of the sheep, the wondrous creator of all, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he'll be more wonderful that day than ever before. He'll walk with me as I toddle along the Lenoir in my walker. He'll talk with me. I won't have any trouble hearing when he tells me that I am his own. He'll say, well, Joe, you're almost home. And I'll say, Lord, the sooner the better. I've heard your voice for all these years. But I can't wait to see your face. And he and I will be having such a grand time of fellowship. I just might miss lunch. Thankful, 
unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, hey, high minded, lovers of pleasure, one of the lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now that's a pretty bad list, but you heard what's in there, didn't you? Unthankful. Right in the middle of that list. So it is it is a serious thing for us, I think. God really wants us to be grateful people. And we have so much reason to be grateful. We might ask the question, you know, how do we develop that? And I'm not sure. I, I don't have a real ready answer for that. Um, at this age, I think it is very important to take note of the blessings that we have. I'm talking about to us a little older. Rather than focusing on what we're losing. And that's, that's easy to do. You know, I, I just don't remember things like I used to, and it's frustrating sometimes. Um, but, you know, rather than focusing on what I've lost, I want to be grateful for what I still have. And that can be true for, for certain physical things as well. And, yeah, we, we want to be grateful, and then I think we're better prepared. If, if we learn to be grateful for what we have left, we're better prepared for when that becomes more and more difficult. Seem like the difficult, uh, the, the good things or the bad, the difficulties of aging are somehow in a higher percentage than, they, than the good, if you like that. Uh, but if we learn to be grateful now, think about what we have, still have, I think that helps us when it becomes more difficult. Focus on our daily blessings and uh, cultivating a grateful spirit needs to be done at any age. I think it's important for us to teach our children to be grateful even the small things. Blessings we have. It is said that um, now this this model we use here is children, but it be at least partly true for adults as well. But if we would think of having we have ten children in front of us here, lined up here, and they would each be holding a plate, and those each child with their plate would represent ten percent of the world's population. So there's two out of the ten who would have their plates full and running over, you know, kind of dropped off the edges. More than they need to eat and some going to waste. I think we know where we're at, don't we? We would be in those two. We have plenty. And we don't always, yeah, sometimes some goes to waste, yes. We have plenty. Three out of ten have, I guess you'd say enough to eat, but, um, Never more than enough, you know, so they don't have abundance, and, and maybe sometimes they are somewhat hungry. It's just barely enough to eat. And then in others, it said there's another three out of ten that have food. They're not starving, but they don't have enough or maybe not the nutrition they need for optimal health. And then two out of ten are simply starving. That's, that's, uh, that should help us to be more grateful. We know where we're at. But let's add another piece to that. Out of those, out of those, um, the many people in the world that are very hungry, there are people who know Jesus, aren't there? Yeah. There's some who, they've, they've come to Jesus, they know the joy of the Lord, and they still are hungry. And then there's many of those, of those who have abundance, that don't know Jesus. But we have both. We have abundance, and we know Jesus, and that puts us in a very, small percentage of the world. But that's us. 
are we grateful? I will be honored. For both the physical and the spiritual blessings and heritage that we have. So I'm very grateful this morning that because of Jesus, I can look forward to someday receiving a new body and a new brain. Better than even number brains. And I, I think a lot. I think more about it than I anticipate that. So, I want to review and take you back to my basic premise again. If you want to age graciously, you need to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. You need to live with purpose rather than just passing the time. And you need to nurture your relationship with Jesus because that continues into old age and into eternity. Even after in his old age, even other things are lost. And especially about the grateful spirit versus a negative, containing spirit. God bless you.